It's live streaming. Got it. Let's see. Are you nervous? Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. Awesome. Amazing. Okay, so here we are. I think we're live now. Um, can you see me? Can you hear me? I just want to test right here. I can. Yeah. Okay, great. First of all, I want to give you a hug right now because on the recording of this is just before Christmas in 20, what is it? 2022 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brain fog is 2022. Okay. Um, my curiosity is, you know, like this call, this conversation between you and I um, was spurred on by a text message that I received from you yesterday. And for um, anybody who's been following um, and doesn't know or hasn't met Kim, uh, Kim is now my, uh, our community manager in the Cycle Breakers community. She's kind of like the matriarch. She's my work wife. Uh, <laughs> she's my work wife and matriarch, <laughs> the community manager really of the Cycle Breakers communities. So most people who uh, now um, jump in and do the work with us usually first have, a, have to have a meeting with her and she kind of does a little sizing up to see if it's a good fit because quite frankly, there's nobody better. Um, Kim is literally one of my very first uh, clients when I left my chiropractic practice or I was just transitioning. And for some reason, she wasn't completely repulsed by me. And she just, <laughs> and she just, like many were, <laughs> I met in a group called Sexy Lady Ballers with uh, Melissa Ramos. And so I was the emotions expert at the time. Because <laughs> here she is doing, uh, you know, a group as a nutritionist for uh, digestion and hormones and talking about nutrients and nutrition and nobody was talking about how we handle our emotions. And most people with these digestive and um, th thyroid issues also are dealing with anxiety. And Kim was no different. And when I came in and I just started saying, hey, I've created this methodology. And if you're willing to try it on, you know, let's hop on a call and let's discuss what we can do. And um, Kim was the, one of the very first people who reached out and I'll never forget my call with her. And I wanted to chat. This isn't about specifically, uh, I didn't want to go off, uh, you know, telling that story. That's going to be, you get an opportunity to share that. But I just wanted to share from my perspective who this person is. Um, she was one of the first people that believed in me as I left chiropractic. She was open. She was like, look, I've tried everything. I mean, I, nothing I've ever tried to, to, to help me with my anxiety uh, has ever worked. So I'm done with the traditional stuff. Like if, if you can convince me about something, like, like what you're saying makes more sense to me than what I've done, I'm willing to give it a go. And now fast forward, she's going to tell you everything in between there. She's now the community manager of our community. And she gets on calls and tells her story to anxious people who are in relationship anxiety. And if you've, you're watching this, you probably have met her if you've ever applied to work with me. Uh, so I just wanted to say after I received this message yesterday, Kim, 
that I just started crying and I, I just messaged you. I said, are you willing to just jump on and do an interview with me about all this? And so I just wanted to say thank you for that message. And can why don't we start there with what was the message that you sent me? Uh, and let's go backwards from there. Yesterday was my my oldest granddaughter's birthday. She's seven years old. And every time it's her birthday, it brings me back to when I was still having anxiety. Uh, as Nima said, I had tried, I, I tried everything known to man, everything I was told to do, traditional therapy, medications, two different types of medications. And I really tried. I had a lot to live for. I had, from the age of 18, I had started having kids. I had a lot of responsibility. I had four children and anxiety continued to get worse no matter what I did. And after a while, I started realizing everything I'm doing, it's, it's not working and I'm in trouble. So I continued to look for things and just hit dead ends. And I pretty much, I, I gave up. I lost hope. I just thought there's nothing left. And I'm not sure why I'm really even alive at this point. Wow. I, feel, I, I felt like I was more of a burden to my family because they, I couldn't, I couldn't participate in their lives. Yeah. I, what, I, I, I was just going to ask you, what was your life like at that time? I eventually had to stop working because I was no longer reliable. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't leave my house. I was so terrified. Um, Nick, my son, he was really young and he would say, mommy, can you go to the park with me? And I was laying in bed when he would say this because I couldn't get out of bed eventually. And I had to say no. My daughter, who the mommy of the seven-year-old, she was getting married and she wanted to go wedding dress shopping. We live uh, a thousand miles apart and I couldn't go because I couldn't fly on an airplane. And it was mm. heart-wrenching. And so after a while, I thought, I can't keep doing this to my kids. I, I can't, I, they're better off without me. And then I found out that this baby was coming. And I, it tore me to pieces because I thought I'll never meet her. And I've let just my daughter down so much. So I just, there is just something within me that thought, okay, I, I, I swore off I was looking anymore for help. And I thought I'll, I'll try one more time. So I opened the computer and this is in the days when if you searched on Google, you could see all the links you'd already clicked. Uh, there was a link that was new that I hadn't clicked. I clicked it and got into sexy lady balls. I thought maybe that's where my answer was because I had thyroid issues. And I, that's where I met you. Wow. And when we met, you were literally like almost chained to your bed for, you know, 24 hours of the day. Would you ever get out of bed? It was, it was really hard. Um, it, because my body was in constant fight or flight. Mm. Uh, I felt, and I was, I was actually really frozen now that I understand things. I was really frozen a lot mm. of the time. So when I did do something, it took so much effort that it drained me. So if I just mm. had to get up and get a shower to go somewhere that, that was like, that was all I could handle. Mm. So I. It's like you were out of your body the whole time, like derealization, depersonalization, like you were a classic, like yeah. textbook case and what, what had they been putting you on and what had you tried? I was on all multiple different types of antidepressants over the years. They would change them, try new ones, mm -hmm. benzos. Um, 
Which, Enzos are tough to get off of. That's what Jordan yeah, Peterson almost died they're from. They're a nightmare. The, the yeah. withdrawal symptom. Jordan Peterson almost died. Yeah, I remember like that. the last couple of years, almost died from trying to get off of benzos. And you were on benzos. That's pretty severe. And I had no idea. And, and the thing is, too, sometimes you're not educated. Uh, oh, and, no. and, Who I, is? And, and I don't know to ask, like, to ask certain questions. So I didn't know just how hard they would be to go off of until I tried. And the side effects are brutal. And actually, it can be dangerous physically and emotionally to go off these medications. And then that's why people think, I need that medication because suddenly I'm having all these feelings. I'm feeling suicidal. I'm feeling a surge of anxiety. Fortunately for me, I read a book ahead of time and it explained exactly what was going to happen. And it said, you're going to get to a point where you're going to hit a, hit a fork in the road and you're either going to go back on the medication or you're going to continue on. Everybody gets to this point. Mm. And and I had already been working with you. So I felt like I was prepared. It was still brutal, um, but I finally made it. Wow. Okay. So let's just rewind a little bit because it's it's such a fascinating story. Like I, you know, after I heard it, I was listening to your voice memo. I was in tears. And then I turned to my, to my wife and I'm like, this isn't like a very powerful story because it's a true story. You weren't able to, you know, participate in your daughter's like wedding dress shopping because you couldn't go down and visit her because you couldn't get on a plane. It was too scary for you. So can you take me to the moment where we met and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm going to try something. And then we had our first chat and then you were able, you know, what shifted for you? Can you, can you share what was the big initial breakthrough that you discovered that created that fork in the road where now your life is starting to become different? When I finally got up the courage to say, okay, I need help. Because a lot of us, that's there's a block there. We're so afraid to ask for help. And for many of us, because we've been promised often, I can help you. I promise you. And it didn't mm -hmm. work out. It's, it's, it's yeah. hard to trust. It's very mm -hmm. hard to trust again. Yeah. Um, but I decided it was important to try again. Um, yeah, because now you have a why. Because it's exactly. like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss. Yeah. So here's the key. But I want to just say, I want to just pause and interrupt because this is so important. Now you get on calls with people who are in that exact same situation and they're looking for some sort of freedom from that state, and they've tried other things and all that stuff. Can you see now the ones that are going to be successful and we take in and the ones that we just say, no, I don't think you're ready? Because we do that now. We now put boundaries up. And now because of your expertise, your experience doing the work, and now you, plus you're highly intuitive. You're like a pastor's, you're a pastor's wife. So it's kind of like this whole sixth sense that's already intuitive within you. What trait do you look for? when you're interviewing somebody and you're like, that person's going to do it. The, the person is doing it not only because of other people. Now, when I, I was doing it definitely for that baby. Yes. But there was this, there was this thing inside me that kept, it was persistent and it kept saying, I deserved better. Mm. 
I deserved more. Life was supposed to be different. This is not the life that I'm supposed to have. So that was, so that was there. Enough, enough. Y- yeah. That's so what we're talk- looking for. When I'm talking to people, mm. I need to know it's not only for everybody else. Mm. I need to know that it's also for them. Mm. And, and you can tell that in the conversation. Totally. If we're only doing it for other people, it, it's possible it still may work out, but the job is a little harder. I just know, I've just noticed with people when they say, I can't take it anymore. Like, and they say, I've had enough. I I needed, I want it to change. Mm. That's the person I know is going to be successful. Yeah. Most people, what we hear is, oh, I want to do it to get my wife back. I want to do it. You know, maybe this is going to help our relationship. (laughs) Maybe that's going to help the relationship. If I fix this, you know, the codependent that's like, maybe they'll pay attention to me. Maybe they'll do. Those are the people that's a red flag, isn't it? It is. It's totally understandable. Yeah. I I get it. Um, And the thing is that happens often where people will start to, they'll start to talk about themselves and all of a sudden they divert to the other person Mm -hmm. and it keeps happening. So the other thing too, is the, anybody who's open to me saying, Hey, I love, I need to know about you because you're the person that we're looking to talk, to work with, mm. but you keep talking about your partner. Mm-hmm. You keep going back to your partner and their family and their relatives. And which I is lovely. Yeah. They are part of your story, mm-hmm. but so the p- people that are open to me saying that to them and go, I didn't realize I do that. And receptive. You know, and no one's ever told me that I do that. So many people aren't challenged on that. Yeah. Those are the people that get the results. Those are the people that get the results. Yeah. It's like weight loss, isn't it? It's like yeah. the person that loses the weight, you know, if you're doing it because your husband's nagging you or your wife mm-hmm. is nagging you or your kids are getting on your, they're not going to do it because you're facing so much resistance. Yeah. And if it, if your internal drive to change isn't, stronger than all of that resistance, you're just going to stay the same. And and so that's one of the things is that people constantly tell us, oh, can you guarantee results? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you are. We don't know, but we can tell within a 30 minute interview, if you're actually going to be one of those people whose lives are different next Christmas than now. Is that simple? Is it a guarantee? No, because it's not, it wasn't me that did the work for you, Kim, right? No. So can you share now, like that was the thing. It was like, all right, there's this inner drive. What was the big breakthrough that you had on our first overview session that had you changing the way that you, like everything just started, this fork in the road was created? When we first started talking, we were deciding which of the two big things in my life do I want to talk about? And the one I chose was the one thing that I felt ruined me. And that was the word that I used many times. I was sexually molested by a relative over a period of several years from a very, very young age. And my thought was, I'll never change the way I feel about that. It's impossible. Uh, and I feel like it ruined me. And I, and maybe that's probably why I'm like this and I'm just messed up. And I'll be yeah. for the rest of my life. So trauma. That's, yeah. 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 For and you, that it was, was sexual trauma. Yeah, go ahead. It was sexual trauma. And that was not easy, you know, to, to even just come out with and talk about. Um, 
and I remember the what I said this in your message last night, I remember saying, you know, I'm really sorry. I know what you're telling me, but I'm never going to change my mind about that. And, our, and your words were, I get that. And that never should have happened to you. Uh, and unfortunately these things happen. So do you want to change it? Do you want to change what you're feeling or no? And I of course said, yes. So Boom. that's what we did. And what did you notice after our first session after about that whole experience because how old were you at the time i believe i was probably it started at age three to age seven wow that's childhood that's childhood wounding that yeah. you're holding on to okay yeah. and we went right for it it's like hey nice to meet you let's go right for the mo <laughs> most vulnerable thing that's ever we happened did. in your life and what did you notice happening after that first uh session and what was different about what we did because i'm a chiropractor that, yeah. that was what everybody was like, you know, he's a chiropractor. He's, yeah. this isn't, you know, like, so what was different about this type of work than anything else you've ever done than a traditional talk therapy? What was different was um, the talk about talking about what happened. Um, we talked about it less than in therapy and therapy. We talked about it over and over and over and over again to the point of, uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. When it's like re-traumatizing it, venting uh, it. Yeah. It was just like, I can't deal with this. So when we talked, when we were got into it, there was not so much talk about it and more of actually doing something, which was completely different than what I'd experienced. I'd asked multiple times to therapists, oh, okay, so we've talked about this again. What can I do to change my situation? And every time they said, come back next week and we'll talk about it. And then I thought, I'm anxious and now I feel depressed. So with mm. you, we went back there and we went right there, which was a little bit like, oh my God, we're doing this. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, well, we're doing this. Oh, yeah, okay. What it, it was like. on a phone, by the way. It was on the yeah. phone. <laughs> um, but we went right back to all of my feelings and it was all the yucky, horrible feelings that I've always expressed. We went and into we talked, the body. Yes. And you brought me into those feelings and had me get them, feel them in my body. And what I noticed was like, keep me in my body longer. And those feelings I'm thinking, I think I felt this long enough. And you said, no, let's stay there a little bit longer. It's okay. It's safe to. And then the, the twist, the shocker for me was, okay, where were you feeling? Cause I remember saying, I felt unsafe and unloved and ashamed and so then you asked those questions that i'd never heard before from a therapist where were you feeling love in your life where were you who was loving you um where were you feeling safe where were you feeling pride and i'm like I, the, my first thought was nowhere nowhere and you said okay it's okay let's let's keep going and your patience was extremely it was crucial and suddenly my dad's face was like, I could see my dad's face and I was shocked because I thought I've never once thought about my dad. My dad was my safe person. He was the, he loved me. He said it every day. I, he was so proud of me. He, he adored me and I felt very safe with him. And when I talked about that whole uh, sexual trauma from this other relative, I never thought about my dad during that time. No one ever asked me that question. So that was the first crack for me that I thought, 
I think there's something to this. Oh my God. It was a rewiring of that incident, which is the important part of healing trauma is rewiring these cortisol based memories in the body. So it what happened? It shocked me. Yeah. It shocked yeah. me. And then to, and then to also find it, it when you continue to ask those questions, where was I experiencing the other side of all the, the negative feelings I was having? I, I, I was finding one after the other, after the other once we got started and it was, it was really surprising to me. Mm. And then we continued through the entire process. And we were, when we were finished, I just remember thinking what just happened. I, I've never felt that way before. And the way I've described it to people, I didn't feel my brain change. Although I know neuroplasticity happens in my brain, but I, the difference I felt was in my body. It was though a weight had been lifted that I had no idea I was carrying. It was gone. Mm. And it was like a 180 degree turn. And I saw that whole situation <laughs> completely different than when we started, which was, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. And after that, what became possible after that cataclysmic contextual shift in the trauma story that was wired in your, in your body, which is where the focus is why we have anxiety in the first place. What were you able to do that you weren't able to do after that? After two hours on a call with you, the, over the next few days, I'm like, man, I think I can get out of bed. And then I think I can leave the house and my family's watching going, what happened? And a few months later, I was able to go on to something. I couldn't even do this. I couldn't even think about booking a flight. I decided to look at flights. I booked a flight. And uh, in December of, of that year, I was dropped off at the airport. I said, don't walk me in. I can do this. And I got on a plane and I was there for this birth. You were there for for your for your granddaughter's birth. Yeah, I was there for her birth. And, and it was, so it, it was her birthday. Yeah, and this was yeah. seven years ago, the 22nd of December. Yes. yes. And so after that, now every time it's her birthday, you go, wow. You know, now that's seven, that's been seven years since we we had that call. Right. So it's not like rewiring happens overnight there mm -hmm. there was other pieces stuck in your body like all of us that we accumulate mm -hmm. in our lives but it kind of created this fork in the road with your new path and you saw a new possibility for healing and so what happened you know what happened after that like you know take like what did you notice and because you didn't go off all your medications right away but no after jumping in and learning what are the, the major differences that you're noticing in this level of training versus talk therapy or medications that you tried before? Well, I found this, first of all, I just found this to be more empowering because I realized all the answers that I had been looking for for so long, I had. I just, I, I couldn't find them. I couldn't see them. So mm through guidance, I was able to find all the answers. And, and that for me was very important to know that mm -hmm. my healing, I could heal myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and also I had some more things to work through. Yeah, I mean, of this course. This wasn't a one and done thing. When no. I, when you, when you started your coaching program, I'm like, Hey, like 
I want to, I want to complete this, this process. Yeah. At the time I, I didn't have like a three month container. Yeah. We didn't have group calls. I was just talking one-to-one with people. I was still working as a chiropractor. So you just kept following me. Yeah. And then as soon as I had my first ever three month kind of coaching program ready, Kim was like the first person to sign up. She's like, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> you even had Let's to go finish. into, Let's you even had to go. Thing. Yeah. You even had to go into debt to get to, yeah. to participate. Yeah. Right. So. Well, it, it was, it, I, I had to, I had to invest in, in me so that I could be, I could get, I could have the life that I knew I needed and not needed. I wanted and deserved. I'm on this earth for that life and for my children. Uh, they, mm. I wanted, they needed me in their lives and they, they, I felt like they lost me for several years. So this is one of the big kind of um, obstacles. Hey, when you're speaking to people, especially those that identify with like codependency and they feel guilt in making mm. themselves a priority, don't they? Can you talk a little bit about that, of what you see in that situation mm. and how heartbreaking it is for people you're seeing, you're like, oh my gosh, this person totally needs to, yeah. but they don't have an identity where they make themselves a priority. Well, that was me before I met you. It was very difficult for me to, to do anything for myself. Everybody was first. Everybody was above me on, on my list. And mm. even when I, the first call with you, I, I had feelings of, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should spend this money. I mean, I'm not working. We're in debt. I don't know. Uh, so I really understand that we, for, for some of us who grew up feeling like, you know, we're not worthy. We're not, it's going to be, it's going to be. It's selfish. Yeah. And it's going to challenge us when it comes to investing in ourselves. The one thing I learned about me though, going through that process was I was the most important investment I could ever make. Yeah. And because I invested in me, not, not only have I had a much different life, but everybody else in my life. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, how has that, your inner work have, how, what's been the impact now? I mean, seven years of it's continuous. It's like exercise. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, like martial arts or dancing, you still are getting more refined in the rewiring of these yeah, yeah. old condition patterns. Um, what's been the, what's been the biggest breakthrough or what you've noticed now? Cause you're now a grandmother many times over. <laughs> you have five. like step five now, you <laughs> went from one to five. Last year, four were born. Like, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, all of my relationships are different. Uh, the first thing that the first thing that happened to me was and one of my uncles uh, made a comment to me like years ago he said after I went through our program he said Kim there's something so great about you what's going on with you and I was like what and he then he thought yeah, that sounded offensive so he said oh no not that you weren't good before but there's just something different and I just stopped and I thought I don't know mm. and then I was oh, I was open I said well, because I didn't have the shame anymore of the the labels that I had. You have a mental disorder. You have an anxiety disorder. I just, the, the shame was gone after once I healed. So I said, well, you know, I used to have that really bad anxiety. You remember he said, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and he was trying not to talk about it. And I said, well, I've healed from it. And and I, I told him about it. And he was like, well, that's amazing. He said, whatever you're doing, keep doing. And then he opened up the door for me to come and visit with him, which is that never happened before. He wanted to spend time with me. And that started happening around my life and with different people. Um, I heard from my old friend who was one of my therapists. 
she messaged me and she's like, what did you do? And I said, you're, you're not going to believe this. And she said, please tell me because she's a, psychi- a psychologist. She said, I can't get my clients the results that I'm seeing happening in you. Oh, she, those were her words. Holy cow. Psychologist, and she, and, clinical psychologist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she was just, and also she loved me. We were all childhood friends. She was just so genuinely happy for me, but mm-hmm. also in shock about what happened. So mm. every relationship in my, in my life has changed for the better. We've, it's been rocky sometimes because, you know, people aren't necessarily used to. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, wait, they're I'm used, used to, to being, you being a certain way. Right. 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 Yeah, so they, totally. so I've had to like be just ex, ex, understand that and give everybody mm. grace. Like we're all, we all need grace. Mm. Um, and I've noticed now with my children, they're able to talk to me about what they're going through because, you know, here's the thing for any parent as a mom who raised her children with anxiety, as much as I tried to, to protect them from it or to hide them, hide it from them. They noticed. Yes. Kids have radar. So they noticed and they They feel it. Yeah. And so they, they have some challenges too. Mm. Uh, And while that doesn't feel good for me knowing that I don't push this on them, I, 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 but I'm open and I'm safe for them to talk to mm. knowing, and they know that they're not going to hear my judgment coming back. Like they would mm-hmm. have in the past. I'm not trying to fix them. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing for me to fix in them. There's nothing wrong except for they have feelings that I didn't know how to teach them how to deal with when I was raising mm. them. So now we can have conversations and they're real. And you can help them actually without doing therapy on them just by the space that you're holding for them because of your inner work. And that's really the greatest gift of doing the work that that I love hearing from the parents in the community. We hear it all the time, don't we? It's like, wow, I'm able to be with my kids' emotions a lot better because I'm able to be with my own a lot better. And that's the fundamental (laughs) relationship. And so, you know, it's so relevant that we're talking about anxiety. This is like the root cause of the root cause of every issue. It's the reason why we have addictions. It's the reason why our relationships fall apart. How we manage our anxiety is a very big factor in how well our relationships go, how our parenting goes, our health in general. And so we're dealing with a nervous system issue. We're dealing with a a conversation that's not about, oh, this is anxiety, this is low back pain, this is um, thyroid stuff, this is digestion. It's all our our nervous system's response to uncertainty of the future and a past that we are holding on to guilt and shame and resentment about. So, you know, like this is like the upstream conversation, Mm -hmm. you name it. It's 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 related to what what's happening you know inside of our in the cells of our body so what would you say was the biggest kind of shift over the years that you can kind of look at when you're seeing somebody who can you know resonate with what you're saying what's the biggest thing that they'll be that that they really need to do if they want to feel freedom from anxiety What's the thing that is is 
like the the the, the biggest rock that they're carrying. Hmm. That's contributing to there's so many things. There's nutrition, there's sleep, there's so much. But what would you say is the biggest rock they're carrying that we all need to deal with if we're going to live a life free of anxiety that doesn't li limit us? For me and for many people I talked to, it was it was it was the guilt and shame that I shouldn't feel this way. And I mean, that was the big thing for me. That even prevented me at times from reaching out to get help because I was so embarrassed that I was sick. Felt this that. way. Yeah. 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 There's and a even stigma. I, yeah. And even though I was going to a, a therapist and I know that was their specialty, I was ashamed and embarrassed and I felt guilt. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest obstacles that people experience. And because I felt that way, then that created another block where I didn't feel worthy to spend the money on myself. Yeah. To invest in actually getting the right guidance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a catch 22. It is. It, it because is. now it's the reason why we can't, it yeah. becomes the reason why we must. And that I, I say that constantly. And I, I, I have many people who will, will tell me all sorts of things going on and they really do need help and they're really ready. And then it's time to like, okay, make the commitment. And all of a sudden they're like, but you know what, actually, I really shouldn't be, be doing this because, and they tick off a list of all the other people and things that are that more are important. Than yeah. Them. And then and your heart just breaks because you can relate. Breaks. Yes, it's it's wrench, heart wrenching. So, how many years were you on medications, and how many? Twenty five what, years on medications, antidepressants, benzos. Yes. And what are you on now? A uh, supplement, a bunch of supplements. <laughs> so there's no medication. No, I don't. No, and that's the thing. I I I I don't need medication now. I know some people feel they need medication to get through a period of time. Yes. And that's okay. We're not su suggesting people no. stop taking them right now. No, because I didn't stop right away. Yeah. I, I wanted to first see if this works. I wanted to heal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then my plan was, I don't want to be on that. I was told you're going to be on that the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. I thought, I don't want to be on that the rest of my life, especially knowing it's not really fixing me. So what? why am I doing this? Mm. Um, there was a time when I had no access to help that I felt like it helped to, helped to keep my head above water. Hmm. Now that wasn't the kind of life I wanted, but at that time, that's what I needed. Hmm. So I can understand some people will do that. Um, but what I'd like to just say to people is if you ever want to stop taking that medication, you most likely you can. Yes. Once you've been able to go through a healing process, the, the, uh, you can stop taking that medication. Like if you, you learn to... skills first, yes. don't just do it without learning the skills. Like you're, no. you learn skills. It's yeah. not like all of a sudden the program did something for you. It's you actually have learned how to be the operator of this system yeah. that we are given without an operating system, without an operator operations manual. And that's the key. Yeah. Don't, don't stop taking anything, please. Mm -hmm. Unless you first have learned the skills of operating the system, which is what the process takes. So that's a huge disclaimer. So it is, it is.
Kim, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story. Uh, that was inspired by a, like a, a loving, beautiful, heartfelt um, voice memo you just left yesterday. So I just wanted to say thank you for leaving that. It brought me to tears. And I thought, how many people are struggling with this? And how many people really need to hear your story and just feel how courageous and vulnerable and real you are? And there's an opportunity for anybody who's listening um, and you feel really inspired and you can relate. There's an opportunity for you to chat with Kim. Kim, you, you're going to make yourself available over the next little bit um, for anybody who wants to hop on a call with Kim and have Kim hear your story. You fill it out. There's an application and there's also a deposit. We had to put a boundary up because so many people were applying and then they would go into a freeze response and they would ghost. So we were like, hmm, how do we prevent that? So we put a deposit on, it's a refundable deposit on a call where you have an opportunity to have a half hour session with Kim, have her listen, poke and ask you questions and see, am I actually ready? Can I do this? Can I also be a success story too? Not everybody is, not everybody's the right fit. Kim will be able to discover that. But if you really resonate with what Kim is saying, you want to have a chat with her. She's making herself available. And you like, like, this is something you love doing, don't you? I remember I when, when Kim was like, it was about three years ago, I think, where I was just on a call with her and she's like, I wonder what my purpose is. I said, oh, we'll figure that out. That's coming. Let's put it out there. Next thing you know, we needed a community manager. And now over the last little bit, you've become the person who gets on a call and you're living your mission statement, which is you share your story and that's helped transform so many lives. How many people get on a call with you? They listen to you tell your story and they go, wow, I relate. And they make a very, very powerful decision. How many people do you think were able to be moved to take it action because of your story over the last three years? I, I've lost count. I don't know. I, but I, that was your mission. That was what you wrote it, in your mission statement was, when we were was. working together. You're like, I it tell, was. I share my story and it helps transform people's lives. And how many people? A, yeah, go it ahead. Was a, it was a promise that I made when I was still really suffering. I would, you know, I'd get on my knees after my kids left for school and I would pray. And I would just kept praying. If 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 I can please be healed from this, I, I'm going to spend the rest of my life helping people who are suffering because it's not, there's help. And there's no reason for anybody to spend 28 years or however many years it is suffering when there is actually help now. And if you started tomorrow, your life in three months and six months would be completely different than it is right now. So when I get on those calls, I'm keeping a promise to myself, a promise to God. And I'm, and I absolutely love meeting people and hearing, hearing stories. And, you know, you're right. When I kept thinking, I don't know how this is going to look or how it's going to work. And I was talking to people in Canada and I'm like, well, that's around the world, I guess they're close. They're far enough away than Australia. But then it was like, I've said before, it was Somalia, Africa. And I thought, oh my God, like this is around the world. People are suffering every on every part of the world and they need help. And it, it's, it's an honor for me to talk to you guys and to share your story so that someone can go 
fuck if Kim can do it. Cause, cause I would, I I've seen a lot of people and generally, you know, you couldn't actually work. Like you're actually a severe mm. case of it. Yeah. I right. This is like a severe case. If you can go severe on benzos and antidepressants and now not have it because it's something of a wiring from the past that hadn't been taught properly. And you can't talk your way out of that rewiring. There's if neuroplasticity. Uh, yeah. yeah. If she, if you could, you would have been better I like been fine. Deca yeah. decades, years ago. Yeah. Decades, decades ago. So if you're listening and you're ready and you really want to meet Kim, um, there's a link under there that has an application form with a deposit that gets you on a call with her and you guys will just shoot the shit. And if she thinks that you're like ready to rock, then it would be an honor to guide you as well. Cause Kim guides people as well. It's not just me. We, we work as a community and Kim is a very integral part of that. We would love it. I'd love to teach you what a chiropractor had to learn to heal, heal himself because it wasn't available in the traditional stuff you get in talk therapy and books and videos. And, you know, it's actual embodied work that you can move through these stuck energies and release that stored survival stress and live with a feeling of safety in your body, vulnerability in your communication, authenticity, taking off the mask and, You've just been a beautiful example of that, Kim. So thank you so much. And uh, see you all at the next perfect time. What would you like to say to anybody who's like thinking about it right now? What's your message to them? Uh, there comes a moment when when we got to stop thinking. Because uh, I did a lot of thinking and it got me nowhere. And my, and my grandmother used to say, you know, she used to really want to help me because she knew how much I was suffering. And she would just, I would say, I'm trying, mom, mom, I'm trying. And Finally, she said, you got to stop trying and just do. Just do. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Thank you so much, Kim. And we'll Thank see you, you all at the next perfect time.